BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The Giants are world champions. Welcome to the Giants Insider Podcast on NBCSportsBayArea.com. Introducing your host, San Francisco Giants Insider, Alex Pavlovich. Hey everybody, this is podcast number 48, and, and this is a player that at least a few of you have been asking me about for a couple months now, Austin Slater, the young outfielder for the Giants, somebody who, who's one of the few bright spots they've had, really, if, if you look at what he did before he got hurt, and, and just the fact that he was able to come back, I, I think it shows you a lot about him, and, and gives him a head start, not only on his off season where he will play in the Dominican, but also on next season, a chance to continue to try to win it. A starting outfield job here for a team that really, really could use a young player to step up and, and win a starting job. So Austin Slater is coming up. Um, as always, before I get to that, a favor for me, if you could, it helps us to subscribe wherever you listen to this on iTunes or, or wherever. Subscribe, um, leave a rating, help us out there, and, and that is always appreciated. For now, Austin Slater. Austin Slater, first of all, I'm talking to you after one of the weirder nights I've seen in six years. I think for you that's probably maybe the weirdest night you've had in the big leagues. What did you do for two and a half hours and, and then during that game? What were you guys doing in the clubhouse? What were you doing in the dugout during the game? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, they pushed back to start an hour before the game, so everyone kind of pushed back their routines. and You know, everything was still kind of normal, and then we got out there, first batter, strikeout, and then tarps. So... Uh, Everyone didn't really know what to do. I guess it, it hasn't rained. Rags Rigetti uh, said that he hadn't seen that ever since he's been here. And so a bunch of us were just waiting in the dugout, and then we realized, you know what? Tarp's on. Well, let's go inside and just try to try to relax and gather ourselves. So cards, guys were throwing the football around, trying to stay loose. And uh, um, actually, actually, everyone was having a good time in the clubhouse, and I think that carried out on the field. I was just talking to Bochi and he said it was fun because we won. But, I mean, even before you get the win, is the night like that almost? It's 162 games that break up the monotony monotony a little bit of, of a long season like that? Uh, I think so. You know, obviously it's it's easy to say that, having come out with a W. It's tough to go home, I think, at night when at 3 o'clock in the morning when you, when you lost a game like that. So, uh, you know, uh, it's hard to say. I think we had one other game like that so far this year uh, in Atlanta. Uh, we had like a two-hour rain delay, and then it was like a four-hour game, and then a flight back home that night. Uh, so that wasn't totally out of the blue for us. We've had, a, had an experience like that before. The good news for you is you were here last night, which is something that means that you were able to rehab quickly. You were on the short end of that. I want to take you back to, I remember I talked to you a couple nights afterwards, and, and you were pretty down noticeably and, and thought maybe your season was over. What, what was the mental process of, of thinking your big break here and my season might be over because of an injury and then kind of the the attacking the rehab after that and, and trying to get back? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I've I found out, like, obviously the hard way uh, that through those injuries, a lot of a lot of what speeds up the process or 
you know, can help uh, the healing processes, the, the mental attitude that you take towards rehab. Because, man, if, if you're going through that rehab every day for two months and, man, I really don't want to be here. I wish I could be out there and lose focus of the goal and, and mine. Uh, it's it's easy to, to you know skip a set or you know not to, not focus all your energy into getting better. Um, and I, I learned that the hard way. I, I broke my ankle in high school. Um, I broke it and dislocated it. And it, it was my senior year, and I was, that that really got me down. And uh, I was looking forward to the draft and obviously college. And uh, and you know I, did, I don't know how how serious looking back on it I took the rehab because um, just like I. I just I couldn't get over it. I was like, man, this, this sucks. Like this situation's terrible. And, and instead of like getting over myself and be like, all right, what do I do now? Like, how do I move forward? Um, and so I kind of took the little lessons from that and tried to apply it to this. So the first the first couple weeks or first week or so, I was I was pretty down. You know, it didn't help that I couldn't really move. And then once I I started to notice like that I was getting better, and and they started saying, hey, like if you work this right and you 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 approach this right, you can you can maybe get back before the end of the season. And so we started setting goals right away. All right, let's let's try to get back by September 1st into some minor league games. Um, and so that that kind of helped uh, clear my head a little bit and, and set a goal for me to something to work for. When they, when they tell you whether it's Gresh or a doctor, you tore a muscle off the bone near your groin. I mean, what's the first reaction there? Uh, shoot, I, I didn't know. I, I didn't know you could do that just running. <laughs> that was my first reaction. Uh, obviously, uh, it's, it's, it's not comforting to know that you can do that just doing normal things. But uh, you know, when they told me I didn't need surgery, that was kind of a relief. They said, um, you know, I think a little blessing in disguise. They mentioned it uh, right away. Obviously, like I didn't, I didn't think so much at the time. But they said, you know, in the long term, this could be a, a positive thing. Because I'd, I'd had groin tightness for for the last year or two, and they said, you know what, this this could clear it up once we heal this right and and do the rehab. You know, you might see improved flexibility in your groin. So. You know, maybe in the long term, it's something that, you know, like I said, is a little blessing in disguise. I want to take you back to the high school injury. It was, I believe it was like ultimate Frisbee or, or something. What, what exactly happened there? And also you were, from what I've looked up, you were, I think, the top prospect in Florida. So so what happened there? And then what what, what did that do for your immediate plans baseball-wise? Yeah, so um, I was playing a Frisbee with, with some buddies after school. Uh, you know, it was first or second week of January and it had just rained and we were playing on a wet field and I was wearing tennis shoes and I tried to stop and it, I, it was a non-contact injury. I just slipped and tried to like catch myself and just fell down on my ankle. Um, yeah, it was, it was kind of one of those freak accidents. Honestly, like it could have it could have happened doing anything. Uh, it could have happened on the baseball field just as easily. Uh, but as far as the the plans went, you know, I was entertaining the idea of the draft. If I, would I have really gone, you know, I, I don't know. Probably probably not. But it's hard to say. You know, if someone offers you a couple million dollars out of high school as a kid, it's you know um, that's a tough decision. You know, I like to say uh, that it made a clear cut decision and. Uh, I think it worked out for the best, you know. I don't know, uh, what I, had I been able to go out of uh, high school, if I would have really been able to handle it mentally, you know, it's, it's uh, the guys that do it, it's it's truly amazing because the hurdles that you have to jump to get up here, uh, especially as a high school guy, it's, uh, it's a long process and it's easy to get discouraged, but, you know, uh, I, you know I loved my time at Stanford and I, I wouldn't change a moment of it.
you did get drafted by the Dodgers. So now you <laughs> do you ever think about that when they're across the field right now? That I mean, 44th round, it's it's a no-brainer not to do anything. But that you did it, it's interesting to get drafted by both sides of that rivalry. Yeah, it is, and uh, it's one of those those kind of quirky, funny things uh, going forward. Now that I'm up here uh, and seeing the rivalry firsthand and, and realizing that this is this is serious business. Uh, and, but yeah, it's funny. Uh, it, I, I knew the area scout, and uh, I, I'd played for him uh, and with him uh, for a while, and so it was one of those kind of things. You know, if, if your ankle doesn't recover and you don't get another chance at this, here you got drafted in Major League Baseball. So that was that was cool. Um, nothing more than that. You know? I, I would have never gone over there. You're a Florida guy. Aside from the, they're a good baseball program. It's a good academic school. How did you end up across the country at Stanford? Yeah, so actually, my dad and I, we used to take a, a baseball trip every year. Um, you know, we, we went to Wrigley, Fenway, uh, Old Yankee Stadium. Uh, he kind of tied in with his work and tried to bring me along, and we, we did San Francisco. And I remember uh, coming out here and uh, going down to Stanford, and my dad was like, yeah, this is one of the best schools, and that just resonated with me. Um, and... From then on, I was it kind of was just in my head of something I want, some place I wanted to go. And uh, once the the recruiting process started to pick up, I sent an email out here, and uh, they they responded, and you know it kind of went from there. I took a unofficial, and then uh, liked what I saw, and, and ended up committing. So you came out here to see a game with your dad at AT and T Park. Do you remember? At- what happened or what year it was or what kind of team that was you know i i can't really remember i just remember we sat over uh over by the wall i think we were the second section from the wall uh, down the right field line but that you know it's all a little fuzzy i think i was like 10 okay <laughs> nine or ten so uh, but i do i remember the ballpark i remember where we sat and uh, just everything everything else about it. i don't really remember the baseball as much as more the experience for me so you, I was looking up your minor league stats. I, I think you had two homers your first year, three your second year, and all of a sudden the, the power started to come. We've seen it here. We've seen some of the home runs you've hit here and, and some of the extra base hits. So at what point of your minor league career do you think that happened? And, and uh, was there something that happened for you that kind of flipped a switch and, and, and allowed you to tap into that a little bit? Yeah, so uh, last, I want to say, August, I started to make an adjustment um, as far as contact point. It was it was one of those things in college we'd always talked about backing the ball up, backing the ball up, preventing strikeouts and putting the ball into play. And, yeah, that's that's good and, and well and all, but, you know, to hit home runs, uh, you've, you've got to get the bat head out. And I, um, uh, the reporter from Fangraphs was telling me, like, the average um, distance in front of the plate for home runs was, like, significantly further than every other hit. So, like, to hit a home run, you got to make contact way out in front of the plate, and so that was one of the adjustments for me is just contact point out in front because I could do it in VP, but during the game I went I reverted back to that uh, natural tendency to back the ball up and and put it into play. And, um, it was one of those things where it's, there's that fine line between striking out and and putting the ball into play and putting the ball into play weekly. And um, so it's one of those things with approach, like getting more at bats that I could kind of mess around with, and finally started to to figure out how to do it you know it's it's one of those things that some guys just naturally do it and some guys you gotta you gotta kind of figure it out with the bats and we saw some of that the first time if you had if your season had ended if, if you would have been set for i don't know the fall league or dominican ball as you're gonna do would you have felt comfortable with with what you showed them in your month here and in your time as a starter or did you, was it kind of 
important for you to come back and, and show that look that was that was a start but but there's more here yeah that, that was the mentality I had is is you know that that was just a start it's obviously a small sample size and uh, it, it left a good taste in everyone's mouth but you know for me it was all right I'll, I need more than 100 at bats to, to come into camp next year and 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 really try to uh, turn some heads and and make sure that they know that's that I want to be the starting left fielder in San Francisco so um for me, it was that was the goal. Um, you know, could I have tried to take it a little slower and and leave on that s- semi high note? Sure, but that's you know you never know what they would have done this offseason. A hundred at bats is you know a sixth of the season. Um, so um, for me, it was to come back and to prove that wasn't just a fluke. That that was that was the real deal. I want to take you back to your childhood a little bit. At being from Jacksonville, I mean, I I don't know the area. I've never been there. The first thing I think of is the Jaguars, and I've, I've had a lot. I've, I've, had, I've had BD on here, and we've talked about the Patriots. Yeah, Chris Shaw yeah. talked about the Patriots. Yeah. Did you grow up a Jaguars fan, and if so, is, is that as difficult as it sounds? <laughs> uh, unfortunately, yes. I'm, uh, I, I'm a Jags fan. Uh, I own a couple Jags jerseys. Uh, I, I hate to say that the quarterbacks have been shifting through a little too much recently, so it's been tough to keep up the jerseys. But, you know, uh, I think I think you could see you saw flashes this past Sunday. We we looked up on Houston and they've won the division the last like, three years, so that was that was kind of nice to see. And um, but yeah, it's been a rough you know when you're when you're drafting <laughs> in the top five for the last six or seven years, it's uh, it makes it hard to be a fan. But you know uh, you know you got to stick with them and believe in your guys, right? That's good. You stick with them. Don't don't turn into a well. You can't even turn into a Niners fan now. It's not any better, but. But uh, stick with your team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there was a, there was a moment, you know, when I first moved out here, where the Niners were dominating, and everyone's, everyone's jumping on the bandwagon, and it could have been easy, but I said yeah. no. You know, I'm sticking with my Jags. There you go. So I, I've asked readers and, and listeners like who they want on, and a bunch of people actually have not just early, but also when he came back, said so talk to Austin Slater, get to know him a little bit. They want to get to know you. So the last question I'm going to ask you is, what, you know. There's not a whole lot of info about you, I guess, because you, you kind of came out of nowhere and, and uh, took that job. So what, what don't fans know about you, uh, maybe off the field or, or what you do or, or how you've enjoyed being in the Bay Area? Oh, uh, putting me on the spot a little yeah. bit. So uh, shoot, during the season. Now they know you're a Jags fan. So <laughs> I'm a Jags yeah. fan. Uh, man. Right now, football season started. I'm all about fantasy football. I'm locked in. I'm checking the, the waiver wires. I'm checking the the beat reporters on just about everyone. Uh, trying to get the info during the season. I'm pretty locked into baseball, though. You know, it's I'm trying to dedicate myself to the craft. So I, I know like, that's not what you're looking for, but I'm pretty cut and dry during the season. During the off season, uh, I'll take I'll take a couple weeks off just to mentally just unwind and uh, travel and sightsee and. Uh, there's still some things in the city I got to do, you know. See, I, I still need to head over to Lands End and, and do do some other little things like that. But and you know, I'll, I'll sometimes I'll, I'll I'll hunt sometimes with my dad. We'll go we'll go uh, quail hunting. But during the off season, that's more Thanksgiving and Christmas when I get back on the East Coast. But uh, I'm kind of transplanted at this point. You know, I ship my car out and I've been out here the last couple off seasons. So. Yeah, if anyone has suggestions on <laughs> some more activities I should pick up in the off season out here, uh, feel free to shoot me shoot me some 
some info. I think you're 24, right? So, 24, you're, so you're 24. So baseball, fantasy football, that'll cover you for for most of what you need to do. Yeah, yeah. That'll yeah, before the family starts kicking in. That's yeah. for sure. There you go, Austin. Thank you for the time, and I think people can send you suggestions. And I think you've shown enough that we'll feel pretty safe about you being able to to go to Lands End next year or, or whatever <laughs> else people send you. Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks for having me. Giants Insider Podcast on CSNBayArea.com.